Watches of Switzerland is either plunging or soaring, depending on what you read. With me today, I have Mr. Roman Scharf, founder of Luxury Bazaar. Roman, how are you this morning? I am wonderful. So, two articles, and it's funny because as I'm doing research on what's going on in the market, um, I see an article that Bloomberg released, and Bloomberg is a very trusted, trusted source, and announced that plunging shares of top Rolex retailer may be warning to red-hot watch market. I'm like, holy crap, Watches of Switzerland is, is dropping, it's in the, in the shitter. Um, and then following that, I found another article written a day later. We'll get into that, but let's go into the first article first. Um, it watches the Switzerland group, the top Rolex seller in the UK, plunged the most in more than two years as sales of luxury timepieces and jewelry in the US missed analyst forecasts. The stock dropped as much as 16.5% in London after the company reported weaker than expected sales for its fiscal third quarter on Thursday, particularly in the US. Watches of Switzerland reported a 17% increase in sales during the third quarter to 494 million, missing the analyst consensus. I'm sorry, I'm kind of laughing as I'm reading this because <laughs> this is a prime example of mainstream media, you know, just either they're trying to cause hysteria or, or just sell newspapers because they, they, these headlines are amazing. While demand for new Rolex watches has been strong, price for secondhand models, which typically trade at a premium to retail prices, have been falling sharply after an unprecedented rise in 2021 and the first quarter of 2022. What do you think about this article? What does it sound like? It sounds like everything is in the gutter. You want the short version or you want the long version? Let's go with the medium, mid. <laughs> okay, so the short version of it is very simple. Have you seen uh, the trucks that ride around London warning people in regards to watch wearing safety. Have you seen that? I have not, no. There's an actual video of a one of those billboard trucks, right? And it's it's actually an acronym. I forget exactly what it stands for. <laughs> but it literally says that, uh, you know, before going outside, do you really need to wear your watch? Is your watch visible? The amount of robberies that have taken place in London alone, which is a humongous market, is insane. People are afraid to wear their expensive pieces. Oddly enough, I was in Mayfair walking around Nobody's afraid to park their Bentleys and Ferraris outside, but yet you can't go outside wearing a fancy watch. The amount of robberies that have taken place have turned people off from purchasing. That explains the downfall of sales in the UK, of which, if I had to guess, London probably makes up a humongous chunk, if not the majority. Just this morning, I spoke with uh, someone from London, my buddy Edward, and we discussed the London watch market. In particularly, I was discussing Nico with him and Nico's business because Nico's in Northern Ireland, which is the UK. Now, Northern Ireland is a lot safer than London. You can actually wear a watch outside. And Edward said one thing. He said, Roman, remember, your market is not our market, i.e., our sales are not as good as your sales, where it used to be vice versa. A while back when I first started, London was it. You can do so much business in London. And today, due to crime, those sales are actually falling because people are saying to themselves, why am I going to buy something just to keep it in the back of my safe? That's number one. That's the, I guess that was a medium version, okay. if you will. Uh, on top of that, you have to consider currencies, right? When, as the British pound got so weak, uh, all the sales were coming to us. I was buying a lot from London. Now the pound has rebounded a bit, and now that business is also gone. That business of me buying from the UK is also gone. Because if you think about the watch business, people always talk about retail sales. Retail business, a lot of it is wholesale. When it comes to the United States, uh, watches of Switzerland uh, decided to get into the secondary market here in the United States, much like Booker did. Mm -hmm. And Booker was the laughing stock of all of internet when they posted their pre-owned Rolexes, right? And one thing the big guys don't understand is that when this market dip happened, their exposure 
was a lot bigger than ours, number one. And number two, they're not the ones to say, oh, there's a dip in the market. I'm going to stop selling the Daytona for 55000 I'm going to bring it back down to thirty-five. They haven't done that. Neither has Booker or some of the other big boys because you have robots working there. You don't have a department of buyers that communicates with the department of sellers almost instantaneously like we do here, for example. It tells them, hey, that's not the market anymore. This is what I'm buying this stuff for. Our entire sales team is previewed to the dollar, to the penny, what each and every item costs, what each and every item is when it comes in, and what to actually sell it for. Plus, we don't strive for 50, 60, 70% margin. It's a much more corporate culture over there where to make a, a, because of all the bureaucracy, to make one simple decision like, hey, the watch is not selling for 55 anymore, drop it down to 35, requires so many people to be involved, nobody wants to take the blame. And as the market is moving 100 miles an hour, imagine what happens then. And same miscommunication, actually same speed of communication takes place on the buying end. Look, I've sold to big companies and a like of watches at Switzerland or Booker, et cetera. I'm not gonna mention any names. To the tune of millions. I was privy to what these people were paying us. I mean, this was a chain of stores, over 36 stores nationwide. I was privy to what they were paying us. I was privy to the experience that their buyers have. I mean, this guy, I remember, came up to my booth at one of the shows in Vegas and goes, oh yeah, I'm the buyer for such and such, and, and uh, I'm here to spend $450,000. I asked the kid three questions, and I realized he, he was clueless, right? So here I am. You know, I'm the shark. I'm selling at what I want to sell them at a margin that I want to sell them at. Now they're going to go back, they're going to take it in, and they're going to try to make a margin that's set forth for them, which is a lot bigger than what we strive for. Yep. So the next day, after seeing that article um, and thinking, wow, things are, are you know dropping, another article pops up on my feed, um, which is Watches of Switzerland is you know breaking records. Um, according to the CEO, Brian Duffy, who said, I am pleased with our strong Q3 performance, which is a testament to our continued investing investment in leading showroom design, the strength of our brand partnerships, our scale, our dedication to omni-channel excellence, and our exceptional client service. The company posted strong results, seeing double-digit growth in the third quarter and the first nine months. For the, first, for the third quarter, the company posted 493.9 or 494 million in total revenue, up 17% year over year. Now again, this contradic- contradicts the first Bloomberg article that says they're you know, dropping. Shares are dropping, but shares are dropping because they missed analysts, uh, analysts what is it? Projections. Projections yeah. by $10 million on $494 million worth of sales in one quarter. Seems kind of ridiculous. For the first nine months of the year, revenue was 1.42 billion, up 25% year over year. 25%, that's what we strive for. But what, I'm, what, I, what I'm hearing, and again, we're talking about previous year. The third quarter of previous year was also our strongest quarter. But what happened in that same quarter is we also start, uh, saw the start of the dip of the market, the pricing of some of the hot stuff, right? now. It was seen on the wholesale level, which is something that Watches of Switzerland doesn't see, meaning that they don't trade the day-to-day on the gray, right? So they saw a record number as much like we did on the retail end of things, and then come September, it was like, you know, doomsday, everything just dropped by 50%. Mm -hmm. So I'm not surprised them showing those numbers. What doesn't make sense, and again, it's contradicting publications or contradicting articles, that why would anybody degrade the stock? But again, I'm not in the stock business. Stranger things have happened. How many times have you seen um, stocks go down because somebody outperformed you know, their, of course. their predictions or what have you? So none of this makes any sense. What I do know is that the retail sector, especially the big brands, 
the authorized brands. They're going to go back to where they were three, four years ago, and that is hurting. Because prior to COVID, uh, it was the gray market that ruled, right? And it was a gray market that ruled and a few select uh, retail brands and through their retail boutiques, like things like guys like Richard Mille, guys like Audemars Piguet. When the market went haywire post-COVID, which was unexpected for everyone, every single retail store, every single AD that carried brands even outside of the hot brands, Richard Mille, Royal Oak, Rolex, and things of that nature, all of a sudden they started seeing record numbers because everybody was just in a hysteria of buying everything, mm -hmm. right? So a brand like... Yeah, pick a Richmond brand, doesn't matter which one, right? Most of those watches is a watch that you call up a, an AD, a small shop somewhere in the middle of America, say, I need this particular watch, and you get 10% over Hublot. Uh, Hublot, right? And it got to a point where, like, I was getting quoted 20% off from an AD on a Hublot, where he would be happy to give it to me at 10 over cost, which is 39 and a half off, right? Because their cost is 45 off. So these stores saw heydays in the last three years like I've never seen before. This reminds me uh, going back to when the internet started. When I started on the internet, these ADs were started to boom all of a sudden. Their business has doubled, has tripled, oh, seemingly overnight with the rise of guys like us, because all of a sudden, a small store in Bumblefuck, Indiana somewhere that used to do, I don't know, three million with a brand a year is now doing seven. It raised a lot of flags, too, because they realized that they were selling onto the gray market, and it was the internet that was pushing mm -hmm. this. The same type of stuff they saw in the last three years, when you saw this humongous rise in just general luxury sales overall, because there was so much money on the street. I mean, we printed a trillion dollars, right? It's, it's, all that money went where? To luxury. So not to, you know, not to go against what is currently happening in the market. Sure, Q4 was a shit show. Things, you know, prices dropped, you know, probably demand, you know, it's hard to say whether demand dropped. I, I assume that demand is paused. It's kind of, it's, it's a waiting to see what happens. How far will prices drop? But this, these are two articles about the same company, about the same quarter, you know, and both have completely different views. This is like Fox and CNN, you know, going against each pretty other. Pretty much that. Um, I, I, again, I personally don't really understand why this is. And, and all the information is coming directly from the company. It's just being written in two different ways. So yes, to not discount what's currently happening. Yes, price, uh, prices have dropped. Demand has definitely slowed. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with people that were purchasing watches specifically for the, the sake of reselling them. I'm about you know? to throw you another curveball. You ready for this? So people are asking me what's going on in the market today. And I've, I've been on social media and on YouTube talking about uh, the fact that we're seeing an uptick in the market. And we don't just make those bold statements. We base it on actual data, actual sales within our own company. Selling this year, we should do at least 150 million is what we're projecting so far. Uh, and I can tell you it's a decent chunk of data to judge by. Here's the biggest issue that guys like Watches of Switzerland or your bookers or anybody else out there that's a big chain type of store or powerhouse, if you will, Here's the biggest issue they're going to have. There is an uptick in the market. And that uptick in the market is going to raise demand because people, the minute that people see, oh my God, yeah, the Royal Oak or the Nautilus has dropped 30, 40, 50%, but now it's slowly creeping up. They're going to panic. They're going to mm -hmm. start buying. It's going to increase, add fuel to that rise, that uptick that I'm talking about. The problem is the following. With the type of margins that a lot of these big shops are working on, be it on a secondary pre-owned market, is not going to be enough the uptick is not going to be enough to sustain those margins, which means that the gray is going to beat out the ADs because they're still going to want to make the type of margin in a market that's not the same that it was a year and a half ago. 
And that's going to be the big curveball for them. That uptick is not going to be enough to upkeep the difference of or the difference of their margins versus mm-hmm. what the prices actually are. So I wonder how Rolex's pre-owned certification program is going to play into this. Um, again, you mentioned Bucherer, like the, the prices that they showed for their certified Rolex pre-owned watches <laughs> are just, they're ridiculous. It makes no sense. They were higher than the highest prices yeah. during the boom, right? A year and a, half, a year ago. It's the certified pre-owned Rolex. Here's the thing. And this is, Adrian always told me this. There's a certain type of client that is not a gray market client, period. No matter how much savings you show him, no matter how rare of a watch you may find for him, right? And I'm talking modern, obviously on the vintage end, it's a different ball game, but there's a certain type of client that will not walk into a luxury bazaar tomorrow and buy a brand new stickered Rolex, even if I'm saving him $5,000. 100%. He will go to a booker, he'll pay 30 extra percent just to get that piece of paper, just to get that Rolex. That's not majority of a client today because today's day and age everybody understands especially when it comes to rolex that a pre-owned rolex that certified pre-owned piece of papers means nothing and i can simply prove that the following way if tomorrow two clients walk into my shop and they bring me two pre-owned rolexes one has regular rolex card regular box and papers let's say the other one has regular box and papers and also the certified pre-owned rolex certification you know what the difference i'm going to pay between one and two is what zero literally zero it means nothing Right? It's just like a, a good example, guys that come in here with a limited edition watch. Like, oh, my watch is so limited, it's watch number one out of 100. I said, it doesn't make a difference to me as a buyer. It may make a difference to a potential buyer, mm-hmm. the type of buyer that wants nothing but a number one piece. But the value of the watch doesn't change just because that's number one or something is number eight. It's the same thing with this stuff. So that, people were saying, that's it, it's the end of the gray market. If anything, when that came out, I'm like, this is a great hope. Because I'm selling a Submariner for 16000 These guys are trying to charge twenty-two with an extra piece of paper. Who does that help more? Yeah. I mean, ultimately, what does that piece of paper do for the end user? It gives them a warm, fuzzy feeling inside. But guess what? When we sell a watch, we provide it the same type of warranty. We, provide, we stand behind our product. I have clients send me watches five years since they bought the watch. I still fix it for them as a courtesy because they're a good client. Look, you have this aura about having that certified pre-owned Rolex piece of paper. Nine out of 10 individuals out there are so savvy right now. We don't no longer live in the world where everything is sort of hidden, mysterious, and it's the guy with the white gloves and the big suit and the dark boutique that's mm-hmm. you know serving you champagne. That's all gone. People understand that a Rolex is a watch you can take, throw against the wall, and keep on ticking. You cannot service, I'm gonna go out there and tell you that you can take an average Rolex and not service it for over 10 years, and it will still keep good time. And that piece of paper at the end means nothing because that warranty period expires. So with this video, I'm not trying to discredit, you know, again, I said it before, but not trying to discredit the fact that the market has changed, prices have dropped. Uh, you know, we get comments like the market is, is dead, floating face down in the water. This is not to try to argue that. But my argument, and I just recently responded to a comment on one of our videos, that I don't consider this a crash. I consider it a, cor- a correction. Where the prices were, were astronomical. Like, with no, you know, they, they were not attributed to anything other than the hype. You have to understand that this is, this is still, people look at this correction, crash, uh, whatever, whatever, call it whatever you want. It doesn't matter. You can label it whatever you want. What people are failing to realize is that how small of a percentage of overall watches that are out there actually took a crash or a big hit. People see what's visible to them. You take social media. If tomorrow 
I take five royal oaks of different colors and variations, and I put it on my palm, and I take a picture, and I put it on Instagram. And then there's the same thing with five Jaegers, or IWCs, or even Panerais, right? Not to mention tech warriors. How many likes do you think one photo is going to get versus the other? So what do people see most of? The most engagement is going to be on the hottest stuff. What was the hottest stuff? Nautilus, Royal Oak, Richard Mille, Rolex, right? But that makes up maybe less than a percent of the entire watch world. So when people talk about this correction, if I looked at the numbers overall and I took all watches across and their average pricing across over the last three years, it'll be less than 5%. Of those watches you just named, how many of them can I walk into an authorized dealer and purchase right now? Well, today's guess what? When it comes to Rolex, everybody's starting to get a call all of a sudden, gold Rolexes. All of a sudden, they've become available because these ADs that have been hoarding this stuff, and I know this for a fact because I know a ton of them, and I've seen the back of their safes, right? If anybody thinks that, oh, the wait list is real, it's bullshit, because guess what? And I don't blame them because the amount of years they've spent having to buy 28 millimeter ladies Rolexes, a bunch of diamond encrusted diamond pieces that they could never sell because they were made to buy all that stuff. It was their time to shine and capitalize because they were squeezed by the, first of all, they were squeezed by the internet on one end and they were squeezed by the manufacturers on the other end because they were opening up boutiques and taking away their stuff. So I don't blame them for doing that. Kudos to the ADs that made all this money in the last three years. But now all of a sudden people are getting calls for gold sky dwellers, gold presidents, all stuff that you're supposed to be waiting for two, three years because guess what? There's no more resale. A lot of the hotter stuff came down to that retail level. Now, it didn't happen to AP yet, right? Although, on some of the AP models it has. For example, it no longer makes sense to go in and buy an offshore at AP at list plus tax because there's really no money to be made. What's happening in the market is the people that were in the market to purchase watches based on their relation from ADs and boutiques were there solely for the purpose of reselling and making a dollar. And I don't mean that as a business. I mean that as a, oh, wait a minute. I have all these watches in my collection. For years, I've been losing money on them every time I wanted to resell one. Now I can go out there, buy a couple of pieces, make double and average down the cost of the other stuff that I have or sell the other and, and leave this one. I tell people to do I've, I've told people to do that. Those that have those relationships. You know what? You sitting on a watch that you stand to lose 100 grand on. If you can buy a watch and make 100 grand on, guess what? Go buy it, sell it, and keep the watch that you want. How, so I... Recently, I had a conversation with my financial advisor about real estate. I'm, I'm into buying rentals. Um, and one thing that he said to me actually made a lot of sense, and I wonder if it applies to watches as well. He said, when, in, when interest rates are high, buy properties because you're going to sell them when interest rates are low. When interest rates are low, people can afford more, prices go up. You know, he said, today, whatever you could buy, go ahead and buy. Sure, if you want to buy the rate down, you want to negotiate, you could do all that stuff today. When you can't, you can't do it when rates are low and prices are high. Um, does the same thing kind of apply for watches? Now that prices have dropped on certain models, does it make sense to actually buy them as an investment? I don't mean personal use, which personal use I think now is the best time to buy. If you want to buy a watch for yourself, the prices have dropped, grab one. But as an investment, do you think it applies, you know, the same sort of thing? There's the key difference between real estate and uh, the watch market. Number one, the watch market is not dependent on what the Fed rate is. Let's start there. Uh, most people buy the stuff for cash. They don't take out a loan to purchase, mm-hmm. you know, a watch, right? When in real estate, whether you're building and taking a construction loan or whether you're buying, you're still going to either pay cash for it or then cash out. But if you have a mortgage, you can use that money elsewhere. Nobody buys properties for cash unless the cash sit in there for the most part. You don't do that either. I know no. that. All right? So the key difference is the following. What you're missing in the real estate market is, number one, trends. What you're also missing in the real estate market is people that are able to move those trends. Think about the effect our friend Nico had on Hublot's sale alone. 
Yeah. Just think about it. Significant. Significant, right? If I was Hubel, I'd be, I'd be, I'd be paying. I'd buy him out. I'd, I'd be buying him out or paying millions of dollars to shut the fuck up. Yeah. I personally like Hublot. We still sell a lot of Hublot. But that doesn't exist in the real estate world, right? Yeah. And trends and trendsetters and trend movers is something that can have a tremendous effect on a watch. Now, thanks to guys like Bloomberg and whoever the other publication was, uh, you know, we're now uh, used to hearing terms like watch, in, watch market index, right? Watch market, right? Passion assets, mm-hmm. alternative assets. You have all these buzzwords going around around media, right? And guess what? That also has a humongous effect, whereas five years ago, you couldn't prove me for a second that a watch is an investment. I always said it's an expensive toy. I still say it is. But now, because of all this, because of what's been happening, because there's real data out there, and I don't trust half the data that's out there. We did our own analysis over mm-hmm. the last six years yep. of sales. We took, what, uh, about 600 million worth of sales over five years, and we kind of, uh, you know, did our own analysis on certain brands. I, I can truly say, yes, there is an index. But the one key difference is, if tomorrow me and you want to buy a stock, <laughs> go on our phone, and say, okay, buy this stock. And it goes up 10% tomorrow, we go, okay, sell this stock. It's instant. What do you do with a watch? Until that happens. And again, it does happen today. We buy from the public a ton of stuff, mm-hmm. right? All day, every day. You guys see our unboxings, hundreds of watches come in here a week. But it's still not instant, and it's still not you being liquid. It's you having to you know, take in a guy like me in order to help you liquidate your asset. Yep. That's the only thing that's really similar with real estate because real estate you also can't sell overnight. I wonder if real estate would do better using influencers. Like, imagine Instagram influencers. I'm moving to this neighborhood. This is the best neighborhood and constant pictures and videos. Of course it would. That would make that neighborhood pop. Uh, of course. How about, how about a guy like Ryan Sarhamp? Yeah. You know, with the exposure that he has. When he goes to sell a piece, you know how many people go out and try to buy that piece of real estate because they just want to buy it from him? I'm sure that the Kardashians living in Brentwood, like, really made property values, you know, rise like crazy and everybody wants a house yeah, there. every, because, what is it, cosmetic surgeon moved down in that neighborhood, yeah. from what I understand. <laughs> <laughs> every, implant, every, every implant, everything guy <laughs> went down there. All right, Roman, thank you so much for... Oh, that was weird. Thank you so much for joining me today and providing insight into this. I'm, I'm still shocked. If you guys are perplexed by this, these two articles, let me know in the comments. If you like this episode, if you like this content, make sure to like, subscribe, review the, the podcast if you're listening to this. We'll keep doing this every day. Have a great week. Have a great weekend. Take care. Bye-bye. Thanks, Abby.